0: for the bomb The you never find a empty. Welcome back. We are back with another edition of the Fantasy 40 Podcast with myself, John DeBarry, my co-host, Mr. Matt Walker. And as always, brought to you by our friends at Expand the Box Score. Be sure to check out Expand the Box Score. Use the promo code 40. Get four days free advanced stats. Check them out if you get a chance. So, today we are concluding our divisional breakdown, ending arguably weak. Not that great. NFC North is pretty shitty, but we are going to finish with the NFC West. Uh, Niners, Rams, Seattle, Arizona, not in that order, but let's jump into it. Walk, how are you, and where do you want to get started? Um, Thinking about it, and as you referenced that, is the West
1: the best for both divisions? Is just really the West wins? It clearly is for the AFC. By far, the the correct. Run and the only argument would probably be the AFC North, which I do like, but the AFC West is far superior. So if you look at the NFC, I mean, I like my my East because it's just like got a lot of rivalry. But as far as like fantasy and best teams
0: are concerned, I think the West. I think the West. I mean, name value maybe the East has a lot of names in it.
1: Yeah. That's what I was saying. The East might, you know, would be the only argument against the NFC West. And then for the AFC, I don't think there's any argument the West is superior. But then it would be the North for me as far as teams. But that's what I was thinking about. I'm like, he, we, we finish out West and it's the best in the West to end these. I mean, and you might not agree with one of your particular teams. Who you have an affinity for begrudgingly, but, you know, we'll, we'll see when we get to that. But <clears throat> we got here. We got here on time that's that's all the more impressive that we just randomly started this at the exact right time to get this done one week before the start of the NFL season so <clears throat> almost like we know what we're doing here but yeah we're on the west and you know that that good old ab coin keeps flipping itself every week and this time again i promise i'll stick to my two teams which are the cardinals and uh, the rams so you got your Seattle Seahawks, as well as the San Francisco 49ers, which I know you're a huge fan of Trey Lance. So I can't imagine how that one goes <laughs> awry. But <clears throat> as far as alphabetical order is concerned, we're going to dive right into those Arizona Cardinals. And I don't know. I'm not a fan. I wasn't a fan last year. Um, I don't know where I picked them as far as their win-loss totals were concerned. Last year, I would have liked to look back in that because I'm just I'm not enamored by Kingsbury, that offense. I don't think their defense is great. Kyler Murray got the bag, but I still have questions about, about him. Every time he gets dinged up, shit goes south and he's a, he's a littler guy. So, you know, he relies on that mobility and elusiveness to, you know, kind of extending great plays. And he takes a lot of shots, you know, uh, for, you know, for a mobile quarterback it just doesn't get down. So there's a slight bit of concern there. And then you're going to add in the fact that post apex, DeAndre Hopkins carrying a six game suspension because now, he had to go with the Peds after uh, getting hurt last year. And, you know, so he's going to miss roughly a third of the Cardinals season. In his
0: 30s. Need a little boost. <laughs>
1: and they, 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 Like I said, post-Apex. You know, so, so what do they do, right? Well, they, they tell A.J. Green, hold on, sir. We need you back <laughs> for, for one more year. One more suboptimal replacement-level season from one of the greatest receivers of probably, what did you say, our generation? Yeah, you what know, was that in the last like 20 years type thing? I mean, yeah, yeah, he's probably a top 20. He's a top 20 guy. Um, he qualifies, you know, he was, he was mired in Cincinnati for a large portion of that. And this was supposed to be his kind of opportunity to win a Super Bowl, but well, that ain't happening, not not in Arizona, not out the desert, as far as I'm concerned. But then they go ahead and they uh they trade for Marquise Highwood Brown, Kyler Mary's, I think, roommate in college. And his buddy went and gave up the 18th overall pick to get Hollywood Brown in a 2022 third. So try to solve that problem by getting an undersized receiver. Hopefully opens up the deep ball for him, but still concerns about their pass catchers. They signed James Conner to a three-year, $21 million deal with 60 mil over the first two years, pretty much locking them up in uh, Arizona for the next two seasons. Then they go and give Darrell Williams, Darrell. I don't know which one it is. I'm going with Darrell Williams, a one-year deal. From the Chiefs, so they're trying to solidify an old D, D. backfield. <laughs> yeah, that D Williams, and then they go and uh, give uh, Zach Ertz a three-year, thirty-one point six five million dollar deal with seventeen point five million guaranteed. I don't think that's a terrible deal, all things being considered. Um, you now he's he's still got some juice left yeah. in him. Ten million a year. I mean, shit, Mike Esike's getting ten million this year in the franchise tag. So, given a proven Pro Bowl pass catcher. Just, you know, a fraction more than that across three years with only $17.5 million guaranteed seems like a steal compared to, to Gusecki. So that was, that was how they tackled a free agency, and it wasn't with, like, a lot of, you know, it wasn't a lot of high end. I mean, it was really the, the Kyler re-signing more so than anything and just trying to make him happy with, with Hollywood Brown. But it'll be interesting to see what that uh, that pass catchers look like when they're going three and four wide with Rondell Moore and AJ Green and Hollywood Brown then trying to figure out how to get DeAndre Hopkins in there and still getting passes to Zach Ertz and then in the draft in the second round they go and get Trey McBride to tight end consensusly ranked top tight end in this class from Colorado State I don't know why they didn't have a first round pick maybe you can clue me in on that I don't I think they traded back but they did not have a first oh what am I talking about Marquise Brown was their first round pick it was 18 I already said that so, this is, this is where I'm at today, people. Hopefully, we're going to get they a They little... gave up a first-round pick for him? 18th overall. For That's yeah. Just read it and still totally let it skip my mind. But, yeah, they gave up a first-round pick for him.
0: I heard you say it, and I thought I'd miss something. I thought it was, no, like, 218 or something. I was like, there's no way they gave up a fight.
1: Yeah, I knew it, read it, and still... Couldn't connect the dots. Dude, that's gross. Yes, here we are. So by default, they got Marquise Brown in the first round of the NFL draft, just like my Eagles got A.J. Brown. Slightly different Browns, you know, if we're being honest. Here, different, different different, shades of Brown there. Trey McBride in the second round. Cameron Thomas, defensive end from San Diego State in the third. Also got MyJay Sanders edge from Cincy in the third. Who well, I like, he's an undersized guy. Keontae Ingram in the sixth round. Licitis, I'm going with L- Licitis Smith guard from Virginia tech in the sixth round Christian Matthew D back from Valdosta state Valdosta state in the seventh Jesse Lacuta Lucetta, we're going with Luchetta. linebacker <laughs> Penn state who I actually like and then Marquise Hayes guard from Oklahoma so I don't feel like they really hit a lot of home runs in, in the draft I mean Trey McBride in the second round okay I mean you in Ertz don't know that there's really a need there. You're running four wide, so you're not really running two tight end sets very much. So, when's Trey McBride really going to be impactful? I mean, it's going to be year three. Maybe, you know, maybe they change their offense and go to two tight end sets next year, but Trey McBride ain't doing shit this year. Then they're you know, kind of the defensive players they drafted. Are, eh, no one I'm even that excited about in IDP. Keontae Ingram I did like as a player. Uh, he was a Texas transfer out to USC when, when Bijan got there. And I thought he was a solid player. Got six-round capital. I really haven't heard shit about him uh, as far as uh, preseason is concerned. Sounded a lot more like it's going to be Eno Benjamin's job to lose as kind of the complimentary back to James Conner. And then the aforementioned Daryl Williams is there as well. So, the Ingram might never be a thing. I could honestly see as a six-rounder he doesn't even make the team. So, that was the Cardinals' offseason in a nutshell. And and where does that get them? And, again, plugging the the win-losses into the old – standings
0: machine
1: and they ring out as a wonderful eight and nine eighth place eighth seed in the nfc in my opinion and i think for when we live, you noted that vegas has them as an eight and a half win team and that's exactly how i see them i think they're going to be an eight and nine or a nine and eight team when it's all said and done i am not crazy about them i think they're the third best team in this division by you know by a wide margin and their their schedule just does not look that appealing to me so i i think they're just a league average team
0: i ended up <clears throat> and I, I don't like them but i don't hate them either I, I ended up four and 13 oh i was gonna say that's what we
1: call a disclaimer in the business but then you went and undercut them You know, mm-hmm. took out kyler's little legs when it was all said and done yeah i yeah i mean i just don't think i
0: just don't so really we'll see it. here we'll go vegas right we'll go right with it eight and a half yes. Ridge, betting the over or the under I know you. have eight, eight I, in the Michigan. I was gonna say, John, I am at eight. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not. betting it.
1: <laughs> I mean, that's where I see them. I see them as an eight or a nine win team. So, you know, things fall in the right direction. They're, you know, that, that's literally it's the tipping point. And I, I didn't even look at the Vegas totals when we were doing these. Clearly, you're taking. You're going heavy on the under. You have them, an, as a, un, unbeknownst to me. Yes, as a bad team. I mean, I don't. I didn't relook at all the schedules after the fact to really say, like, do I still believe this today? And let's just do a quick canvas then, since we've we got kind of a little dissension here. It's Chiefs at Raiders, Rams at Panthers, Eagles at Seahawks, Saints at Vikings, Seahawks at Rams, 49ers, Chargers by week, Patriots at Broncos. Buccaneers at Falcons at 49ers. That's a crazy home road. Through for week 10, they go home road, home road, home road. And you'll see that very often. So they're never gonna hear a game. lot
0: of losses. Just top of my head, not tallying it. Those are not easy games.
1: Yeah. I mean, the Panthers is at Panthers. One of the Seahawks games is in Seattle. Then I mean, guess what? The Falcons is still at Falcons. I mean, even their games mm-hmm.
0: where they'll probably be significantly favored, they're all road games for them. And, so and he, and it's not like they're home, it's not like traveling to Glendale is a daunting, you know. <laughs> if they play nah. the fucking Steelers, it's probably got more Pittsburgh fans here.
1: It definitely does. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's that just I, – I don't know how you got stuck down at four wins with them because I think they're I mean, decent neither. enough. Because I think they take both versus Seattle. I think I had them for wins versus the other two that I mentioned. That's four right there. So there's, there's a little bit of a void between four and eight, but neither of us think they're a good team, and I think that's all that matters. So why don't you – Give me the skinny on the San Francisco 49ers.
0: Let's go to the city by the bay. Um, So we'll go draft first, uh, 29th pick of the first round, Drake Jackson edge. And I only bring that up because that's relatively early pick. Lots of, lots of leagues, IDP leagues. You, you like to get these defensive end pass rusher types. <laughs> I've been searching that guy's name since that premier league draft. Because mm. I'm like, if he falls, you know, I'm looking at the draft capital. I, I challenge you to find any news, good or bad. I know he got fined. I know he hurt his shoulder at some point. I or mean, this guy, a, uh, this guy is a nothing burger through his – I tell you what I know about him.
1: He, like, either put on or lost a ton of weight, like, in college. Like, he went from, like, <clears throat> almost like a 4-3 end to, like, a 3-4 outside linebacker or something like that. I know there was – something about that he he he's a f- huge fluctuation in weight is a yeah I've, it's been, I know
0: I've been trying to just get any tidbit that could make this guy usable for idp and i mean there's just a a, a complete void of meaningful information on him it's the only reason i bring him up third round 29th <laughs> pick Tyrion davis davis price uh who's somebody who has really grown on me, didn't know a ton about him heading into the draft. But again, you land in this offense with Shanahan, that's typically pretty friendly to running backs. You're you're not going to have too many better landing spots as far as scheme. A little bit crowded at the moment in that backfield, but if I'm not mistaken, someone different every year since Shanahan's been there has led the running backs in touches. So, if that holds up, it sure the fuck ain't Trey Sermon. So if it's not any, if it ain't Trey Sermon. It, it could be Davis Price's year. So third round, another pick. They took Danny Gray, wide receiver. Same thing. The the, the interest there is it's just the beneficiary of being in the Shanahan system. Fourth round took a guard. Fifth round cornerback. Sixth round offensive tackle. Sixth round again defensive tackle and another sixth round pick. Another cornerback. I. Unlike you, I don't bother with their worthless names. And then, speaking of worthless, Mr. Irrelevant, pick 41 of the seventh round, Brock Purdy quarterback, who is a little interesting only because... huh? He's Purdy. Yes, sir. (laughs) If they don't trade or cut Jimmy Garoppolo and keep him here, they have Trey Lance at quarterback, first year starting, It's his playing style could lead him to get hurt. What is it, Nate Sudfeld and and Brock Purdy? There is a I can tell you all you need to know about Nate Sudfeld, correct? (laughs) And that there is a better than 50% chance Brock Purdy starts a game this year, wouldn't
1: you say? I think he's got some, I think he's got a little bit of wheels on him too, if I recall my very brief analysis of Brock Purdy.
0: It's not going to win you any weeks, but it's just you're, you're looking for the Trey Lance handcuff. If you're in some deep leagues. that's it's shockingly going to be Brock, Brock Purdy. But moving on to free agency. I just had to do this
1: is Trey Jackson lost four, 30 ah, do math, 20 pounds for the combine. He weighed in at 254. We said a few weeks later at his Trojans pro day, he was back up to 273 pounds saying that he cut weight so he would be lighter. Allow him to test better since he was working with the linebackers. My man dropped 20 pounds for the combine. And just threw it right back on a couple weeks later because he's like, I'm not a linebacker at the end. Hmm. So that's that's what I knew about him. I remember
0: to say something there was like a tremendous weight fluctuation. That's all I know about Drake Jackson. See, not much. And free his agency they brought in. And I only bring him up because of this <laughs> contract. Ray Ray M- M- McLeod, who you know, depth wide receiver, but mainly used in, in special teams during the return game. If he meets all those little stipulations and everything, he got a fucking $10 million deal. For how many years? Two. Wow. That's crazy, isn't it?
1: I mean, that's a lot. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Is is that, uh, I bring it I mean, he works in the return game. He could be, a, well, for them, he'd be like probably like their wide receiver four, but at
0: best. Wow. I mean. You see them Yeah, I couldn't believe the money. <laughs> Good for you, Ray, Ray. Yeah, Tyler mm-hmm. Croft, they also signed. And Kittle's been known to miss time. Croft is okay in spurts. You don't want to count on him week in and week out. But I thought it was an interesting depth signing. And, and same thing, going back to IDP, like I started with Jake, Drake Jackson. They signed a lot of guys who have name value but all kind of actually stink. They signed <laughs> Warren Burks, Hassan Ridgeway, Robert in Kim Dici, who are all people you know if you play IDP, but they've never really won a week for you. <laughs> like when, when the buys hit, you gotta fill these spots. You you'll plug these guys in once or twice a year and feel disgusted about it. But not a ton of movement. I mean, the big thing here is Trey Lance coming in as their starting quarterback, and them probably getting Garoppolo out of out of the building altogether. So They didn't really make any splashes in the draft or free agency. Kind of just ran it back with a different quarterback this year. And they're one of the teams in the NFC that has legitimate hopes of getting into the Super Bowl. So not the craziest thing ever just to to do that and not shake it up too much. Las Vegas has them as a nine and a half win team. Somehow. Some way. I I have them at 15 and two. Now, holy moly,
1: if, yeah, I have 12 I just, and 5. And I, I was thought you were I thought you were <laughs> somehow shock me the other way again. Is that, I, okay, I, that I, that's your first place team in the NFC, though? Uh, yes, tied with Tampa. Hate, I had Tampa 15 and 2. You hate Trey Lance. How on earth yeah. do you get there?
0: You know, I when Brock Purdy leaves another promised land, Re, right? I think <laughs> this is the reverse jinx, I believe. You know, some teams you just never have a good read on. The year they went to the Super Bowl, I believe I had them at like t- two and uh, two and fourteen that year. So I think I'm just wrong every year. So they're, okay. <laughs> they're probably going to go five and the inverse. And where's Vegas? have them at nine and a half. Yes,
1: sir. Is that what you said. So we both them as strong overs. Strong. That's significant. More than more than two wins is strong for me. I've been twelve and five. You have them eviscerating that over. Ridiculous. It, it is ridiculous. It's, I don't, don't agree with. I, it. I don't know. I don't agree with my twelve and five. I don't know. I don't know where that fifty to two came from. But, I mean, I'm a big fan of their defense. They got a good offensive line. They have. We was. It, I don't know if it was this podcast or the previous one. I was talking about their pass catchers. I put Debo, Ayuk, and Kittle probably up against any team's big three pass catchers. And I'm sure there's other teams that would close to qualify. But just as far I don't as know like what to make of Ayuk dynamic. Me. I like that.
0: I, I'm, I, I'm I still team IU. I mean, he,
1: but think, he's the third. I mean, you know, it's it, Debo is the, you know, the, I don't want to say wild card. I mean, that dude just can't really put him in a box. But Kittle is a quality pass catcher. He just doesn't do it enough. But I'm just trying to think teams that even have just a good tight end that you would be able to bookend two more players with him. So even if you go with, like, Thielen, Jefferson, and then what? You're going to throw Irv Smith out there as a the third? I and mean, just anchor that down. A little bit, Denver. Know, uh, Denver, maybe. Yeah, Denver. You're hoping. Baku, Alberto. Okay. you Buno, trust Everett,
0: the Chargers are done.
1: Chargers could get there. I was thinking even Seattle if they had a competent quarterback, Metcalf, yeah. Lockett, and Fant. I mean, that's pretty, pretty daunting week in and week out. But still, as far as like scary is concerned, the 49ers might have the scariest. Uh, well, if Kasicki was worth a shit, maybe it'd be Miami, but. Alas, when you listen to the Breakouts Bust uh, episode on Friday, you'll hear all what we think about Mike Gusecki. More like Hi, Get some. (laughs) Got dunked on, Mike. (laughs) All right, so I, I didn't think I could top your 49ers, and I'm not going to be able to. But I did get the Rams, defending Super Bowl champion, Cooper Cup led, Matt Stafford paid. Aaron Donald, crazy. Los Angeles Rams. what they doing the all-season? They just said we're we're running it back. We're gonna, and this is priority Report, sign what is effectively a three-year $129 million extension with $60 million signing bonus from Matt Stafford. That extension should close near to $10 million. Oh, should close close what? Should clear close to $10 million off of their cap. So paying them a ton of money, but relieving are some cap. In 2022, and what did they do that for? it? so they could throw a bag of Cooper Cup, give him a three-year $80 million deal. Cup's under contact through 2026. Bring in Allen Robinson on a three-year $46.5 million deal that includes $30.7 million fully guaranteed. Solid coin for Mr. Robinson. Gave nut job Aaron Donald a restructured contract that'll pay him $65 million guaranteed over the next two years. 65 mil guaranteed next two years. Okay. The zeal is designed to allow Aaron Donald to retire in year three or return in 2024 for an additional $30 million guaranteed. So now he does, he just Yeah. If if I want to come back in three years for 30 more million guaranteed for the whole season, I can do that. Okay. Aaron Donald now the highest paid non quarterback in NFL history. I'd say he doesn't deserve it. Dude's a game record, but that's funny money. And then they went and got Bobby Wagner as well. From a uh, division rival, Seattle Seahawks, and gave him a two-year deal worth seventeen point five million. That uh, has another twenty-three point five million in incentives. 17.5 million base, twenty-three point five in incentives. You know what that equals? Forty million dollar potential. A two-year deal for a linebacker. Is the way that that the Rams handle the cap is a different different beast altogether. But. Nonetheless, they're all there. And why do they do that? And it was because they hate the NFL draft. They just hate it. Just yeah. Anti-NFL draft. Can't help us there. Didn't have the first and second round picks because they traded them away. In the third round, they went and got Logan Brush, guard from Wisconsin. Pretty sure just last week he tore his ACL, so he's out for the year. Fourth round, Kobe Durant, cornerback from South Carolina State. Fifth round, Kyron Williams, running back from Notre Dame, who I think I made this joke already, might still be running the forty in his combine uh, at this point in time, because he's so slow. Get it, John? (laughs) Uh, In the sixth round, Quentin Lake, safety from UCLA. Also sixth round, Darian Kendrick, cornerback from Georgia. Seventh round, I think this guy's the one that did the pool video, jumping out of the pool for them. Daniel Hardy, defensive end from Montana State. Another seventh round pick, awesome name, Russ Yeast, safety from Kansas State. And then last but not least, A.J. R. Curie, who's an offensive tackle from Michigan State. Zero impact, none of those guys will ever have any significant impact for the Los Angeles Rams. And I like Kyron Williams pre-combine, but they should just trade all their picks. Just, just <laughs> opt out of the NFL draft because it's not a component of their development. They just want to go super win now, but it's working, right? Because I did their record and I got them as a sterling 14 and three, first place in the NFC. Not quite your 15 and 2 49er finish. I still just think they're a solid veteran, complete team, assuming health. These guys, I think, are better positioned than they were even a year ago, save for losing Andrew Whitworth. I mean, I think that's really the only detraction But their defense is probably even a little bit better with Wagner. didn't lose anything on that defense. And if Noteboom can come in and just give a semblance of what Whitworth can do, I mean, they're going to get Akers back, hopefully healthy. They still have Daryl Henderson there. They added Allen Robinson, who personally I think is an upgrade from from Odell Beckham uh, at this point in time. Just keep on humming.
0: Well, that's a, a few wins over Vegas' ten and a half total. I am not a fan of theirs whatsoever. However, I'm right there with you. 14 and 3. And I don't like this team. So
1: <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking tough division, but not insurmountable. I, we already clearly aren't that big on the Cardinals and still got a team left to talk about, spoiler alert. But now you had a fifteen and two forty-niners squad and you still get 14 wins with these Rams so you got them splitting and then I guess you just got the Rams just cakewalking just about everyone else and Bills Falcons at Cardinals at Niners Cowboys Panthers bye week Niners at Bucks Cardinals at Saints at Chiefs Seahawks Raiders at Packers Broncos at Chargers Seahawks I don't know how either of us really got to 14 and 3 for those Rams there's a lot in there
0: do, do you know what I think it is, and I was just comparing the the different division schedules. The the mm-hmm. NFC West is playing the NFC South, and with the exception of Tampa, we don't think any of the other three teams are very good. I think we have all these guys beating New Orleans, Carolina, and Atlanta. I think there's three built-in wins for everyone in this division.
1: Yeah, I mean, and then with the, of the two, they are at Bucks and at Saints. So for the two harder teams, they they are at both, and they get to be home against the crappy Falcons and Panthers. So if there's any liability for them, they are traveling to both of those places. So, but fourteen and three,
0: go Rams. Yeah. So closing out, yes, the, the entire NFC and everything, NMC the South last and the series. Yeah, and. Quite fitting, I might add. (laughs) They deserve to be at the bottom. We have the Seattle Seahawks. What did they do this year? One of the biggest trades in recent memory, probably, in the NFL. Seattle sent uh, Russell Wilson over to the Denver Broncos. In return, they got bag of garbage, (laughs) Drew Locke, Noah Fant, who was probably super excited to hear he was traded and then super sad to find out. He still had Drew Locke as his quarterback, Uh, a defensive tackle, and a smattering of picks throughout a couple of drafts. Um, Not a ton there. They re-signed Geno Smith, uh, whose contract expired, and he is now their starter because Drew Locke is so bad, he can't beat Geno Smith out for a starting job in the NFL. They re-signed your guy, Rashad Penny, who looked okay to close out the year. But we'll see how that goes week two when he's uh, on the injured list already. Re-signed DK Metcalf after he cried and uh, re-signed Will Disley. <laughs> back to those draft picks. They they didn't have a ton of picks because they've been uh, trading for people like Jamal Adams. <laughs> and they had to recoup that. So they got rid of Wilson. They got those picks back. First round, ninth overall pick, Charles Cross, offensive tackle, who at times throughout the process was having his name thrown around a bit, possibly as a first overall pick. So getting him at nine. The irony is they never had a good offensive line for Russell Wilson. So now that he's gone, let's get some let's get some support for old Geno Smith there. Second round, Boye Mafe, uh, edge. They've had a lot of trouble drafting edges. I have very little hope for him. Second round, ninth pick overall, Kenneth Walker, a running back. Just that a very easy. Seahawksy thing to do, bringing yeah. Penny back for another year, then, su- then drafting Kenneth Walker, and it's like you have to address quarterback at some point. Why don't you get some weapons for this, <laughs> this guy to <laughs> yeah. use? So, yeah, don't didn't love the pick, especially what the team currently looks like. Third round, they took a tackle. Fourth round, fourth pick, a cornerback. Fifth round, 10th pick, another cornerback. Fifth round, 15th pick, another edge. So they kind of had a thing in place here where they were going with their secondary, which needs to be revamped, then tackles and, and edge rushers. So they, they know where their shortcomings are. They did. I don't like the players. I do like the positions they address. Then seventh round they took two wide receivers, Bo Melton and Derrick Young, who I believe I'm pronouncing that correct. Melton's kind of interesting; he's probably going to be their kick returner. So if you're in a league with kick return points, like drafting with Giants or something, he he has a little sneaky value there. But with with shit play at quarterback, where you know it's going to probably ding DK Metcalf, it's going to sink Tyler Lockett. You're not going any further down the jet depth chart with what they have at quarterback now. So this is an atrocious team that doesn't seem to know they're fully rebuilding. Like I think. Carroll is vehemently opposed to it. It I think they think this is a somewhat competitive football team, which is fucking shocking. So that being said, Las Vegas has them at five and a half wins which is tied for the third fewest in the league. I also surprisingly have them right there six 6-11, and 11, and I don't I think wish I was there.
1: I wish I was half as optimistic on a good day as Pete Carroll is every day. <laughs> I mean, that guy just sunshines the rainbow, so more power to him. Because, yeah, this team is just terrible. And I don't think you fully captured they're terrible because they're not a six-win team. They're a two-win team, two-and-fifteen. <laughs> tied <laughs> to the bottom of the barrel in the nfc in my opinion and drew lock for nothing else caught COVID in week two through three interceptions against the dallas cowboys like third string def- <laughs> defensive secondary in week three to quote unquote lose the job to geno smith it's just epic failure uh, on their behalf that i don't know if Denver made them take Drew Locke as part of the deal, or if Seattle actually wanted Drew Locke as part of the deal. I'd really like to get to the bottom of that, where it's like, we'll give you all the draft picks, and Fant, and Shelby Harris. <laughs> you got to take Drew Locke, though. And they're like, you know, I was like, deal's off. Take like a bad fantasy trade. Like, nope, don't want them. They're like, we right, need we'll more. Him. Yeah, we'll give you another pick. But I just want Locke to just – I wanted him to be a thing because I thought it would be fun for this year, Yolo balls to Fant and uh, – DK Metcalf, even just moonshots to, to, to Tyler Lockett a little bit because Geno Smith is going to be boring, and for nothing else. And I just don't know that there's a, a world where like, they are going to think that Drew Locke's is going to give them more of a chance to win, and I think they think they can win. So like, even when they're like two and eight, like they're going to be trotting Geno Smith out there, like it's, just, it's what's going to happen. Barg injury, Geno Smith's probably going to be their quarterback all year as they like scratch and claw for that ever elusive third win on their season. It's it's sad. And as far as Derek Young's concerned, the last guy out of Lenore Ryan, you watched the film of this kid, super impressive. And then you're like, what well, was that Lenore Ryan? Like he was playing against like guys that would make me look good on a random Saturday, by and large. So, but big, long kid. I thought he was pretty unique, but he got no capital. So nothing will probably ever happen with him. And then as far as you're talking about with the Seahawks, yeah, this epic Seahawks draft, right? <clears throat> Where it's, to your point, go and get the offensive line help after you let Russell Wilson leave, and then take another shot at one of these like athletic ends that you just think are going to work in your scheme. And then why not draft a running back in the second round when you're early? Blindly, yeah, when you're blindly denying a rebuild, but let's sink that capital into the most replaceable position in the entire NFL. That it's just crazy, like seeing. Seattle, who went from using a first-round pick on Rashad Penny that that did not pan out, much like Rashad Penny. There's You don't draft a running back in the first round, period. It wouldn't even matter if Rashad Penny was good or not. I mean, you can argue Saquon Barkley shouldn't have been a first-round pick, definitely should have went to the Giants when he did. But Chris Carson was, I think, a sixth or seventh-round pick. And look what they got out of him for years. Like, they don't even learn their own lessons. Like, they saw both ends of this already, (laughs) and they're like, No. We need more running back depth. So let's go and sink a, a day two draft pick into Kenny Walker. I just, I just add a loss for everything they do, just pretty consistently. And I think this team is actually, you know, unbeknownst to Pete Carroll, going to fully bottom out this year, unless they end up with Jimmy Garoppolo, which I still believe is a possibility. No one just want to give up a penny or take on Garoppolo's contract, and I just have to believe the Niners are going to have to release him. It's probably a certain drop dead date because they're just like they're not responsible for any of his money if they release him, and no one's giving him a penny for a guy to still rehabbing his shoulder. I just think there's a chance that Garoppolo ends up in Seattle, and if he does, I think that changes everything. I think that actually oh, makes yeah. him close to like a seven, eight win team. I, I think they're missing just competent quality quarterback play. And then they can scratch and claw wins together. But without him, I just think they are one of the worst teams in the NFL.
0: I don't think there's a. – I don't think there's – there's a good chance Garoppolo doesn't get moved. I I don't – especially if they think Seattle's would swoop in on him, they're not going to just let him go to a division rival. I well, just don't no, see they him won't really trade him to a division rival I just but if they think Seattle's like the front runner to sign him I don't think
1: I mean I there's not a lot do. of not a lot of seats, seats left on the Titanic right I mean Baker went to Carolina I mean does Jimmy G go to Cleveland and then he knows he's only got 11 weeks and then he's not going there if he gets released they would have to trade him all right so Jimmy G this is last year of his deal he's a free agent next year. He counts for – his cap hit is $26.95 million. He has a $2 million dead cap they release. Next year? No, this year. He's a free agent next year. This year. This is the year. So they save roughly $25 million if they release him. Straight savings by releasing him. They are not keeping – is something million. involved
0: in that with the dates, though? Like, if
1: he's already on mm-hmm. the... They're not keeping a $25 million backup quarterback on their roster. He, I'm trying to look, he had a no-trade clause through last year, so that's gone, but then he goes and hurts himself. Uh, 2019 incentives, had $7 million injury guarantees in 21 and 22. Workout bonuses, active game bonuses. Nope, I don't see anything here for 22, except every reason in the world to release them. That's that's all I see in this contract. You're literally saving twenty five million dollars by releasing your backup quarterback. They can't they they cannot go into the year with him unless they're really that good financially. That they're just hoping and praying that someone else's starting quarterback gets hurt and they can trade him in season. And then you're just playing that game. You're playing that twenty. Your cat. You're, you're putting that twenty five million dollar bet on the roulette table and hoping
0: that, that double zero comes up. Or you hold them. I mean, especially if That's they could put you're in That's in good financially, sort of... because
1: Trey Lance isn't making shit, right? Because he's a rookie, even a first rounder. He's you know, comparatively not making shit for a starting quarterback. He's probably making backup quarterback money. So all they're doing is inverting the salaries. But how do you have a twenty five million dollar clipboard holder?
0: And yeah, just or you wait until you know somebody well, gets their knee rolled up on in week three. It's usually Jimmy Garoppolo. Unfortunately, <laughs> that is. <laughs> 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 fucking perfect so while you were chatting i just did a quick run through of the record since this is the last episode we'll run it down so afc i have buffalo 13 wins these are the playoff teams kansas city 12 tennessee 12 cincinnati 12 baltimore 12 denver 12 and new england 12 so i got a ton of 12 win teams in the afc you have the afc buffalo 14 denver 13 cincy 13 indianapolis Nine wins as a division winner. Baltimore thirteen, Kansas City twelve, and New England squeaking in at nine. So the only difference we have in the NFC is I have Tennessee coming out of the South. You got Indy.
1: Yeah, and I think that's that's going to be an, an ugly race. I have Indy as a nine and eight team, and I well, I, I shit on Tennessee. I have them at six and eleven, but yeah, yeah. Indy correct. winning the division barely above five hundred is not a ringing endorsement. And then
0: then to the NFC side, I got the Niners somehow at 15, Tampa at 15, Philly 13, Green Bay 13, Rams is a 14-win wild card, Dallas 11, and Minnesota 9. So just comparing my two divisions, my worst playoff team in the AFC has 12, worst in the NFC is 9. For you, you have Rams at 14, Tampa at 14. Philly with thirteen, Green Bay with twelve, wild cards, Minnesota, twelve, San Francisco, twelve, and Dallas, eleven. We have the Let exact same. I have
1: Minnesota winning the division at twelve. I have Green Bay being the wild card. They're both twelve. Green Bay win is the wild card. Skull.
0: So we got we got same 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 group in the uh, same horses. Yeah, no? different different ways to get there, but. Kind of a f- fun look at this. It was was.
1: And getting two teams in the last, when we're talking about the NFC West, I think was a quality way to, to go out. I have Arizona just missing it um, on, on my side. So I think it was probably a, a good finish in the NFC West, you know, that, other than Seattle. I think there's a lot to talk about. There wasn't a lot of a movement from those teams as far as yeah. any real new talent coming in. No. A lot of them just doubled down on their existing talent, um, other than really Hollywood Brown going to Arizona. That was really the only big move of, of all of those teams. I mean, Seattle getting losing Russell Wilson is huge, but as far as gaining talent is concerned, I mean, no. <laughs> they got Drew Locke. <laughs> they did. They, they locked it up. They locked it up. But San Fran did nothing. I mean, they're just nope. now starting Trey Lance. Rams replaced Beckham with Allen Robinson, which is, you know, to some it's probably equitable. I think Allen has still got more in the tank. I think Beckham's been sat by injuries, unfortunately. A lot of those lower body injuries for him. God, I love so. guys before they get hurt. Yeah, yeah you early, you're early. That's the Zeke,
0: the Zeke Corollary. Be here early. So that that should do it for us as we conclude this divisional breakdown. Hope we hopefully you enjoyed enjoyed it as we went through it. We're wrapping up our dynasty content now and. Switching over to redraft as the NFL season is about to kick off. So be sure to come back when that starts. But thanks for checking all this out. We are the Fantasy 40. For myself, John Debari, my co-host, Mr. Matt Walker, and our friends expand the box score. And we are out of here. I told him to shut up <laughs> earlier now. He's mad. We're standing in the door waiting for the nurse to come back. Don't you tell me to ever shut up again? And I look at him and I go, Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> and then he comes running at me. And he was door open? Like Oh yeah. Yeah. I was, <laughs> I was holding it open. I was holding it open. Came <laughs> came running at me. But he's a little slight homeless fellow. I don't know what the fuck he weighs. Maybe a buck thirty. <laughs> bounce off you. <yeah. laughs> it did, it did it work out in his favor? Oh,
1: okay. Shit. teach him, teach him a lesson.
0: Yeah, I had a fun
1: week. I mean, those are those are three things. I don't know. I've done any. Well, definitely didn't do the first thing. Um, was was
0: was the second thing that you had to have here. the first, first or I don't play. First I don't play medicine. medicine. The, first the last thing. Yeah, you could have been offered been... and rejected. Yeah, Lastly, it's been a number of years. <laughs> <laughs> haven't, had,
1: haven't had put these fellows to work in a while.
0: Just need someone to come to your door and offer <laughs> uh, listen. I it. was
1: very close to it on a, on a team's meeting <laughs> today. <laughs> <laughs> if I could, I would. Don't get yourself hit. <laughs>
0: oh, All right. Let's get to this always, so you can get to it. Always fun at the old workaroo. It's sad
1: because your stories, they don't, like, shock me anymore. And then <laughs> like, there's, just, like, a day in life. you like, they don't even resonate with me anymore. I'm, like, eh, I've heard worse from you.
0: There's always, like, it's not a top five.
1: It's a lot of piss.
0: Well, I mean, imagine pissing.
1: one psychopath after another. I mean, yeah, imagine how many times
0: you've pissed in a day. Now do that in the corner of your room (laughs) for fucking 21 days straight.
1: (laughs) Yeah, outcomes are going to be less than ideal. I don't like when there's like a little piss on the toilet seat for my son when I go to use the toilet. Like, come on. Yeah, man, he's he's savage.
0: In yeah, Intentionally. Savage. Happily. you And getting mad. That's the other thing, too. Most of them get pissed off. Yeah, exactly. Like, have some respect for it, man. You can't piss on the floor. Fuck you! <laughs> <laughs> Hold on one second. That was Hold on one second.
1: I would have laughed for five more minutes. My wife had to call and ruin that. (laughs) Take take all the joy away. She must have known I was happy.